and it, it's all just like little cells on a screen. People are kind of pressured that like, oh shoot, if I say something wrong, it's not going to look very well. So then they, they don't want to participate. That was Joshua Agapugo speaking on this episode's forum about student and staff experience with distance learning. Hi, I'm Abby Porter, one of Oracle's co-editor-in-chiefs. Please join me as I hear from Mountain View students Brooke Wardella and Noah Miller, combined with a conversation with Joshua Agapugo and life skills teacher Seamus Kulinon on this episode of Oracle's Forums. Later, hear my colleague Sydney Rochnick interview distance learning coordinator Terry Fott about her perspective on campus distance learning. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle's Forums. We hope you enjoy this episode. I'm Brooke Wardell, and I'm a senior at Mount View right now. I'm Noah Miller, and I'm also a senior. Uh, my name is Joshua Agapugo, and I am a junior. For online learning, what do you guys use? Do you use, like, your own computer, like, one from the school, your phone, iPad? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a, I have my own computer, so I just use that. I used it, like, all of high school. Um, so, yeah, definitely like, technology hasn't really been a problem for me during distance learning. I use... Um, I also have a personal computer. I have a Mac. Um, and then I use the school-issued Chromebook to take College Board tests because my Mac doesn't like the College Board secure browser. I have a Chromebook, but it's my own personal Chromebook. Okay. We got it from Best Buy a while ago. Okay. And then what platforms have you found, like, most of your teachers use in class? And I guess which ones do you like and dislike? Yeah, definitely. So the two platforms that are mainly used in my classes our Canvas and Google Classroom. Everything's basically on Canvas except for AP Lit. It's both Canvas and Google Classroom. Um, and then for Sports Med, it's also on Google Classroom, but everything else is on Canvas. I definitely, in the beginning, I definitely liked Google Classroom better because it was just some, something that was more familiar to us because we hadn't been exposed to Canvas before. Um, but now, like as the years gone on, I've learned to like Canvas more. Um, so I like, I'd say I like both platforms. Most of them use Canvas. Only like only three of them use Google Classroom. And although I was opposed to having different platforms, and I thought it was kind of annoying, I eventually got used to it. Just like opening up new tabs when I go to different classes. So it's not really that much of a problem. I think my experience has kind of been the opposite of Brooks in that I only have one teacher who actually uses Canvas out of my six, um, and that's that's my math teacher for stats. Um, aside from that, all of my teachers primarily use Google Classroom, um, which I find to, I, I think specifically for, for all of those classes, um, they work well on Google Classroom, I think in part because we're used to it. Um, and I would say for math, it works well on Canvas, but that's, I would say partly because of the structure of the curriculum in math. It's, um, it's very, very, like it's straightforward and it's easy to use in the sense that we get like homework assignments for the day and then you submit the homework assignment and then you have the next day and then you submit the homework assignment. But I think for a class like English, um, just to use a different example, um, Google Classroom, I love having the accessibility of having all of the coursework and all of the information right there. I think the one thing about Canvas is that it's a little bit more organized in Google Classroom because I know with distance learning last year, March through June, everything kind of got lost in the stream on Google Classroom. So I definitely say that that's like one um, thing that's really beneficial of Canvas, especially if a teacher knows how to organize it well. 
but these seniors said their experiences changed by the subject. Yeah, so with Avid Tutor, I mean, we don't really receive much online because it's mostly just like directly through Zoom working with the Avid seniors. Um, but Miss Kittle normally would just email us stuff that we needed, um, documents and stuff like that. So I'm not even a part of Google Classroom or Canvas for all at Avid, so just mainly through email. And then I'm also, um, another elective is sports med that I do, and that's all through Google Classroom as well. So that's like no Canvas. For choir, I would say that we use neither. We don't really use anything. Um, there's one Google Doc that has information for all of the recordings that we do because we're, we're doing a lot of recordings virtually. Um, so there's one document that's like a comprehensive document with all the information for all of the songs with all the links to submit the recordings. Um, and then it has like links to other pages that have instructions for how to record and how to sing and those kinds of things. And it's all on one page. I don't actually know where that page first came up. A lot of the times those pages are just sent through like the Zoom chat during our classes. Um, so we don't really use any platforms in that class. How have your teachers provided support other than just like using different platforms or like educational tools? So personally, I think like the biggest support so far that I've received is probably just like going to office hours and asking questions one-on-one -on -one. Um, cause I don't, we just like go in during lunch or something like that. So I think office hours have been helpful and in all of my office hours so far, it hasn't been like a large group of students. Um, I don't think a lot of students really take advantage of office hours. So it's always been pretty one-on-one, -on -one, which is nice. And then if I'm unable to go to office hours for some reason, I normally just like email the teacher and set up a different time to meet. Um, but yeah, I definitely think like, like one-on-one -on -one interaction with the teacher, especially cause we're not like in person is really important so like they can get to know you better and you can get to know them and like their style and stuff like that. Uh, my Japanese teacher, like she's super hardworking. Like she has a bunch of classes and then she also still adds comments and she reads through all your homework and she does all this and she personalizes it. And it's, I'd say it's really cool and an amazing thing to do. In what ways have you guys felt a lack of support um, or like an area that you wish you were given a little bit more help with? Yeah, definitely. I think now that we have our block schedule, so we only see teachers two times a week, um, where when we were at school, we'd see them three times a week. Um, I think that it's a lot less instruction time in general. So I feel like it's a lot more learning on your own by yourself. Because I know, yeah. for example, with like AP Lit and AP Bio, they've had to take, they've taken out units, like whole units, because we just like don't have time for it in general. So I think that in the class time that we have, um, we're not able to like review everything that we did for homework, maybe, for example, because then we also have a lesson. So I feel like um, it's a lot of like self-driven work. And I feel like you have to be very motivated and like, willing to like sit down and learn it yourself and so I feel like for some students that's definitely like um could be a challenge because I know everyone like learns differently and I know like for me personally like I like sitting in a class and like having the teacher like kind of like teach at us um and I feel like we're not getting as much of that this year just because of the the lack of time we have 
in a classroom setting. Um, but another thing I think this is probably just like for everyone is just like the lack of collaboration. Um, Cause I know breakout rooms can be like, challenging um, and like students not wanting to like step up and speak and stuff like that. So I think those are definitely the two things that I have seen um, that have been kind of lackluster so far. I would completely agree with Brooke uh, in that it's very, very self-motivated. And for some people that works and for other people, it's more of a struggle. Um, I think it varies a lot person to person. And I would say one thing I've noticed in specific um, is that for assessments and tests in a lot of my classes, um, there has not been a lot of, it, we've kind of just been thrown into them. Um, and so if you're, you're self-motivated and if, you're, if you direct your studying, um, it's manageable. But I imagine that for students who have a more difficult time um, with like the with the self-structured and they need like the structure of school and they need the structure of class. Um, I imagine that's really difficult. Just one other thing that I think was probably also difficult in the beginning was just like this transition and like this whole other lifestyle and this whole other routine. Mm -hmm. So I think like that put on top of schoolwork was also just like really different, like just kind of like rebuilding your life again and starting this like whole new um, routine. Like there's there's no review there's only review, and we practically learn outside of the class. And I'm a visual learner. I, like I like to yeah. be in a group of people. I like to be in a class to discuss things to, and then ask a lot of questions. But you can't really do that when the teacher doesn't really teach, and there's only there's only like review sessions and stuff like that. You seen like increased or decreased participation between distance learning in the spring and then now, like in regards to like who has their cameras on, like people turning mics on, um, like who's kind of getting involved in discussions? Oh, well, yeah, I see a lot of it. Uh, there's really just not that much participation as there used to be, especially in math class where the teacher was a good teacher and like he joked around things and it kind of eased up the mood and people were, people were uh, motivated to ask questions and people did a lot better. But here, especially because everyone's just kind of looking at you and there's like 30 of them and it, it's all just like little cells on a screen. People are kind of pressured that like, oh shoot, if I say something wrong, it's not going to look very well. So then they, they don't want to participate. And I yeah, I'd say it's a lot less participation than it was last year. Like in all of your classes, um, what has been the like how have teachers been doing assessments like how have they been making sure they're secure stuff like that I have so I have one class um for gov where we use the college board lockdown browser yeah um and that I had to do that on my chromebook because my mac it doesn't work with my mac um but I, I would say that is about as secure as it gets um one class where it's completely unmonitored and it's not even timed a lot of it, I think, is just kind of integrity. Yeah. Like academic integrity. Like you say, you're going to not cheat. And then ideally, you don't cheat. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, I've only had one class that, like, you have to be on, like, Zoom while you're taking the test. Um, and, like, the teacher, like, watches you. But it's, we've always, like, there's been no work to be done. It's always just, like, 
like multiple choice or like long answers. So she's just like, mm-hmm. looking at our faces. Um, but that was for AP bio, but then for like math, it's just totally unmonitored. And, um, they just say like open note. Cause I mean, kind of what Noah said, like it's integrity, but like, how can you confirm that? Um, yeah. and then for history, I feel like we have quizzes every Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, but then it's mostly projects. Like we haven't had big tests. So I think that's another thing that we've been seeing a lot of is like more like project-based work rather than, um, tests like additional ways to support your learning I guess you could say yeah I've noticed that too I've gotten a lot of projects rather than like assessments or quizzes yeah I think it's interesting how you have a lot of projects because I haven't had that experience I think I've had maybe one project um Mm. this entire year so far our panelists added that while tech issues have been frequent they have all received support from staff on combating such issues like t- those tech issues are inevitable, but I think people have been really like compassionate and I think that helps. Mm-hmm. I would say that most of the vast majority of the teacher technology issues um, are things that are out of their control, like Wi-Fi issues or like Zoom is having some weird bug or like Google's not working today. Um, so it's not really anything in their capacity yeah. to fix. Um, and it happens to some teachers more than others, but. Something that I think has been like really cool to see is like the teachers just like willingness, for example, like when Noah said like, oh, if Zoom wasn't working one day, just like that quick change to like asynchronous. Um, what support have you been given from like your families, whether it's like your parents or siblings or grandparents? Um, how has like that sort of been for you guys at home? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, I'm super lucky because, like, I don't share a room, and, I mean, I have, like, a desk in my room, so it's just been pretty easy, um, yeah, to do that with, like, a closed door and everything. I mean, it's been going really well at home. Yeah, I would say the same for me. I think when you're at home with your parents and your family, um, like, 24-7, there's bound to be some, like, little conflicts, but I agree that being understanding helps solve most of them and like you can resolve those conflicts really easily um at the beginning of quarantine after like there was some other stuff that happened and I had been asking my parents for a while but my parents gave in and finally uh got me a therapist which I was really excited about and that's been phenomenal I would recommend it to anybody who's comfortable with that because it's Mm -hmm. been a great outlet um, so I can vent to my therapist and I don't have to go to my parents or I don't have to go to my friends. Um, yeah. and it's also like that experience has helped me, um, manage my relationships with my parents at home as well. I have a grandma from Nigeria living here with us. She's been with us for like around two years okay. and she was supposed to move a while ago, but the pandemic kind of caused some interference. Noah, do you guys meet over, like, you and your therapist, is it over Zoom that you guys, like, have sessions? Yeah, it's through okay. some, like, like medical video conferencing. It's, like, Zoom. That's really cool. And so, like, I guess you're, you're also on the um, CHAC advisory committee. How has CHAC, and, like, I guess this is shifting, like, our conversation a little more, but, like, how have mental health resources through Mountain View that you've seen changed during distance learning? 
I think there's a big emphasis now on self-care, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, and so I see the school has resources like, um, like mindfulness rooms, um, those kinds of things. Um, yeah. And I think there's also like talk among students and teachers about like what, what students are doing um, for self-care um, to support themselves. And I think that's, that's been a very positive change. Okay. Um, my ambassadors, so obviously one thing that we really focus on is like mental health. And so we have yeah. a mental health committee and kind of just like reiterating what Noah said, which is like having those um, mindfulness rooms open. I know counseling has like a website with a bunch of different useful resources. And then I know that Profe Camarillo has been working really closely to create like a referral form because those like obviously you do that in person, but now we have that online. And um, I, we're currently working on like, um, if you want, if you like didn't want to speak to like a therapist, so if you could talk to like a student or something like that. Yeah. So I think we're definitely like trying to support um, each student who needs it. And then just really taking those things that were like physically in person and turning them into online experiences like the referral form. What have you guys, this is my last question. What have you guys done to like take care of yourselves? And like, I know both of you are seniors. So it's like harder this year for sure because there were a lot of expectations that like were let down. Um, so like whether it's like spending time with friends or family or or like if you have an activity that brings you a lot of happiness, what have you guys been doing to take care of yourselves um, the past few months? Yeah, definitely. So obviously with so much more time time on our hands, I feel like that's super like a lot easier because yeah, aren't so busy and like full of all these activities and stuff. So it's been really nice, especially in the beginning, just to like take a break and really sit down and like self-reflect on the year so far. And I did that a lot in the beginning, but also um, I feel like everyone was just able to get outside more and like go on hikes and go to like parks and just really like take walks with your family and stuff like that. So that's something that I've definitely enjoyed a lot. And I've been able to like work out a lot more, which is super nice because I know it's like a great outlet for stress and stuff like that. And then um, just... I think just like being outside has really helped and like seeing friends um, when possible. And then like going to the beach was also like super nice when they were open because it's just like a pretty place. And just like, it kind of was like a little getaway, like, oh, I'm not in Mountain View anymore. Like I'm actually somewhere else. So that's been super nice. And just like being able to like go and play like lacrosse and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I've also loved being able to go outside a lot more. I've been going on walks for an hour or two every day after class um, while it's still light out and that's been really nice I leave my phone at home and I just I go by myself and it's really like it's rejuvenating and it's refreshing Um, I also have been focusing on my sleep and my sleep schedule so I've been waking up now my sleep schedule's fallen apart a little bit since then (laughs) but at the beginning of school I was waking up at 6 a.m every day now it's closer to like 7 7 30 but I'm getting consistently eight out, like eight plus hours of sleep every night. And that's been really, really helpful. Um, and I feel myself in a better place than I was. Um, I think it's kind of a small thing, but I have a tendency. Um, I think a lot of people do. I have a tendency to, um, to be kind of reactive sometimes when I'm faced with stress. Um, and so like, if there's a stressor, then I'm, like, oh, no, like, I don't think, like, 
I, I don't take a minute to think and I just jump right in to try to fix whatever's going wrong. Um, and so I think one of the things, especially during COVID when there's so many, and like this time in the world when there's so many things going on, um, I've been focusing on noticing those little moments in time where I'm feeling myself start to get overwhelmed and then saying, okay, I'm just going to stop for a minute. Um, like let this sit and then decide how I want to go forward. And so I think that's like those kinds of um, self-care techniques aren't really talked about as much, but I think are really, really important. And that's helped me a lot um, to compose myself and to keep myself level-headed throughout this. Over social media and the internet, I've been talking a lot more with my friends. And I know a lot of people say that like, you'll get depressed if you look at the news too much. But for me, like when I'm bored, I kind of just go and read some headlines, read some articles. And it's like pretty entertaining because you get to watch the world unfold through your your eyes and things like that. So I don't know. I'd say that news is pretty entertaining. I've been reading that a lot more. And I've also been chatting with my friend also about the, the news and current events, but also about like random stuff like pizza toppings and things like that. Yeah, if you guys, either of you have anything you want to add that I didn't ask about that you think is important. I guess I would just commend the school um, because I think especially compared after our experience last spring where everything kind of just fell apart, um, I was trying to be optimistic about what would happen this semester, but I was a little bit hesitant. And I would say that the district and the school completely like blew my expectations out of the water. And it's I approve like I feel like I'm even getting the structure from school um, from in-person school a little bit online and granted I think I would I would categorize myself as somebody who's self-motivated and driven um, and so it works for me and I can't speak Mm -hmm. for other people's experiences but I would say um, at least from my perspective I think the school has done a fabulous job. No yeah I definitely like to second that I definitely think like end of spring last year like going into summer like kind of not knowing like what was going to happen in mm-hmm. August was definitely like super stressful and I think just like the unknown for everyone is always just a bit like oh my gosh like what's going to happen but yeah. just like like the idea of like okay like how are we going to do tests like are our students going to be getting the same material as they would be in class like how is all this going to work especially with like the new schedule and stuff like that and I feel like everyone has just been super like accommodating and like willing to help. And I've definitely seen that like effort and like enthusiasm with, with our teachers. And I think with admin as well. And I just think that like willingness to like help everyone who, who needs it and like being there for each other. Cause we're obviously we're all in this together and like everyone's experiencing something a little different. So I think like that support has definitely been nice. And like that reassurance that like everything's going to be okay has been really helpful from everyone in the MDHS community. For Josh, the burden of canceled ACT and SAT tests is something he's noticed a lot of his peers experiencing. Everyone's kind of stressed about how APs and SATs and ACTs are going. And especially with, yeah, especially with uh, all this diversity stuff, this diversity wave coming over California, uh, there's colleges are going to be limiting SATs and ACTs, which is, which is good for me. But I mean, for other people, I wouldn't say so much. But uh, I'd say that the, there's not that much, like, it won't be that bad. Like, the, the worst can definitely still happen, but it probably won't be like that. So I'd say just, uh, I'd say it'd be, it'd, it'd benefit you a lot to just be hopeful and just do what you can do in this moment. 
I next spoke with life skills teacher Seamus Kulinon to understand how his class has adapted to distance learning this semester. What does a typical day look like um, in distance learning for your class? That, that, that's a good question. So we start at 930 like the rest of school and uh, we have uh, different lessons throughout the week that we go over all the important um, um, topics that we go that we learn throughout throughout our, our class. And what, what we try to do is we're just, we just take exactly what we've learned uh, what we learn when we're in person and try to replicate that in the distance learning setting. And that takes a lot of creativity to do that. And, um, but that's uh, generally what we do. So on, on Monday morning, we get together, we check up with each, check up on each other, see how everyone's doing. Um, and we share about our weekends and we uh, do something called news to you, which is our weekly current event. So that's something we do together in our class on Mondays. And then on Tuesdays, again, we meet at the same time, 9.30. And we typically do our math lesson, which is our money math lesson. So the kids learn how to pay with money. So we actually do have the kids, uh, um, we kind of play, we have, we have set up as a dice game right now. So the kids roll a virtual, virtual dice. And then we choose an item from a store. And the kids purchase the item. And they show the money to the camera, what they, whatever, what we purchased through the little game that we played. Um, on Tuesdays, we also read our, or learn about our personal information and also do calendar readings. We kind of alternate those activities on Tuesdays. Um, Thursday, we do some different things on Thursdays. Uh, we do our, it's kind of our big social skills day where we talk about social skills and do some role playing on Thursday. We also often have a tour of our local farm. So we've had some, um, virtual, real actual virtual tool, tour, live, I should say, virtual tours on Thursday. Um, recently, we've also had Taiko drum class, which we we're doing twice per week, which has been new to our, cl- new to our class, which has That's been so super, cool. super fun. Yeah, so we're trying to do a lot of cool stuff like that. And then Fridays, uh, we do a virtual community outing, so like I told you a few minutes ago, that we are trying to replicate what we do um, in school, to replicate that online. So luckily, with all this incredible technology, we take virtual field trips and we go on Google Maps and we have a destination. So let's say it could be Trader Joe's, could be Target. Um, the students get to choose what they're going to buy. We add it up. We see if we have enough money. Um, we also tie in community safety. So um, we like walk on the street in Google Maps to, you know, Trader Joe's, let's say. And we talk about if it's safe or not safe to cross. Um, so that's kind of what we do um, throughout the week. We also kind of leave Friday. We play some games on Friday, too and try to have some fun playing games. So um, generally that's what we do um, throughout our class. And then the, we do have an afternoon class um, that I teach on what the Tuesdays and Friday. So Tuesdays we read a curriculum called Unique, which is a, a life skills curriculum. Like right now we're learning about communities and how we get around the community safely, um, which is a big part of our life skills program. And then on Friday we um, – uh, learned about circles, which is a social boundaries curriculum and helps also students be safe. So it's kind of like we learn how to, what type, of, what type of touch, trust, and talk we give a different type of people in the community. So we're doing that right now. We, there's different uh, layers that circles teaches us in colors and levels of touch. And then Friday afternoon, we always finish off with a dance, <laughs> a dance party. And it's actually a big deal. So three, four, I'm not sure if you've seen it at our, at, at our class, but like, it's just dance online on, uh, and we, the kids go and they, and they love to dance and they get to choose songs. Um, so that, that's, that lasts like 15 minutes of our, our class on Friday. And that's actually exactly what we do in, in person. 
So hopefully that gives you kind of a slice of what we what we do in our class. So. Yeah. You talked a little bit about um, using Google Maps for virtual tours. What other, like, online platforms do you use throughout the week? Okay, so um, we use so we use Flipgrid. Um, that's something we use probably every other week, and that's pretty pretty cool. The kids really enjoy that, and they get to see their friends and whatnot. Um, other platforms, we, the kids use Google Classroom just over their assignments, mm-hmm. so I post uh, their their asynchronous um, lessons on Google Classroom. Um, I, as a teacher, I use Google Slides a lot, and that's kind of that guides our lessons. And it helps a lot because our students are super visual. So not only does it help guide me as a teacher and my staff, but also is the perfect way to like make the lesson lesson visual for our for our students. Are you are you talking about any any like platform that we use online or? Yeah, what what you've used during distance learning, um, so maybe make, lessons or activities. Yeah, so earlier we met, I make a lot. So I make a lot of stuff myself. And that's okay. like, so, so like, and just cause it, you know, I know my learners know how to, you know, to, to, so they, I can meet their needs. Um, news to you, I mentioned earlier is a big one. There's a lot of curriculum that comes off of news to you that I sign on. We do, we do live and we also do it on the Google, we do asynchronous on the Google classroom. Um, there's something called unique, which we just did right before I, I, I got on the call with you. And that's another a curriculum that's, it's you know pre-made for us, and it creates new little uh, social scenarios and how to be safe. And well, like last month, it was manners and learning. You know how do we have good manners? And then this month is community safety. So every month there's a new theme. What does a typical asynchronous day look like for your class? So the those Wednesdays. So that's a good question, and that's a it's kind of a hard question to answer. Um, yeah. So students in my class, they need a lot. They need extra help. So. Some we some students are able to complete most of the work on our Google Classroom, um, and with, with help still, other students need a lot of help. So it really depends on how much time um, the the parent can help the student, right? So if every situation is different, so we really right. look at it individually. Um, there are some students that have difficulty doing any work on, on the Google Classroom, and that's okay. And then there are some other students that get most of it done. And then some students kind of fall in between those two, you know, um, levels. And, you know, as long as uh, we – most of my students, we have about, you know, near 100% attendance on from coming to our virtual classes. And then I we just individualize their work um, what, for what they can complete, like asynchronous because um, it's a lot. It's like, you know, yeah. think about every time – Think about it every time if you had to do work done, you had to have someone come help you, um, and that's okay, but at home, how many other responsibilities do parents and siblings and other relatives right. have? So, you know, you we, we just, we look at it individually, and, um, but I'm really impressed with my classroom. They, the parents are incredible. They get a lot of work done, um, and it's been really, it's been a really wonderful experience seeing basically like our little small community come together and help our help our students during this uh you know cha- super challenging time so that's really cool yeah that's that's hard that's a lot of family responsibility right um, right right so for each student yeah yeah and luckily like our programs are individualized so we we can do that 
Um, yeah. And look at look at every you know really focus it and uh, make make uh, good decisions for for the students. So yeah. Have you seen like participation um, increase throughout the semester so far when students are online? Like who has their camera on? Who has their mic on? Students like uh, getting involved yeah. in the lesson. Yeah, so the kids have gotten way better with using the technology. So, um, you know, the kids can unmute themselves. Uh, they've, they've gotten better. Some of our students can join the breakout rooms, um, on their own. Um, yeah. they, they've really, they really improved with it, with the, with, you know, learning how to learn on Zoom, I guess. Right, and, right. And, um, we've had, we've had students, you know, just it's almost like we're just used to this now right it's kind of like right last semester we were were like questioning it and always talking about the return and it's we don't I mean we talk about the return but it's more like this is just our deal now we're focusing on this and um we've seen a lot of students grow we've even seen some students who are like super shy able to talk on zoom um, because awesome. they they're not anxious about their friends or other people that are around, so there have been some really interesting positives that come out of it. Like we've been able to get some kids, be able to get to know some kids even better than we did prior. So it's been that's yeah. been really interesting, um, uh, interesting part of this Zoom experience. So that's really cool that students are like some feel even more comfortable talking. Virtually yes. Yeah, so that's something we that's really didn't cool. really expect, and um, so yeah, I mean, I think you know we've gotten our Zoom, our our, our Zoom, what do you call it, the Zoom educational, you know, program yeah. that we built. Like it's it's not perfect, but like it's it's uh, definitely uh, improved over you know I guess since March you know, as it's gotten real and everything. So we're trying to do as much as we can to, you know, maintain and improve our students' you know, educational experience as, as we possibly can. We try to really can maintain our community and by having a lot of fun um, in our class. And I think this is really, I think it's important for all, all learners, but I think particularly for our class. And we've almost every single class, we do shout outs at the start of the class. And I planned on this like once a week to do this. And yeah. every... Almost every single day I have pictures of students work doing work or like just doing something fun in the community that we start our class off with. Yeah. And it's been really, really great way to, uh, for the students, because a lot of our students in our class have actually known each other for a really long time. So it's just nice for them to see each other and like maintain, you know, those friendships and whatnot. And so it's been a really, there's been a lot of really great things that have come out of this, like this, of this experience. Um, Spartan Buddies is one of them, like yeah. the, how the Spartan Buddies continues to thrive in this in this setting has been really, 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 really wonderful to see. Here is Oracle's web news editor, Sydney Rochnick, and her conversation with Terry Fott, the distance learning administrator for the MVLA school district. Hi, I am Terry Fott. I am the distance learning administrator for the Mountain View Los Altos High School District. Okay. Uh, and can you just let us know a little bit about what it means to be the distance learning administrator? Yeah, so it's a new position to the district. So, you know, it is it is evolving. Um, but really, the work of a distance learning administrator is to establish um, a program that um, 
connect students to education in a distance learning segment, kind of like an independent study almost, um, and making sure that the classes are A to G approved and supported for the, the college going student. However, that is put on pause um, in order to really support the pandemic and the distance learning that our district is in right now. And so a lot of my primary um, roles are supporting the option B program, which is an independent study or remote, um, remote learning for students who um, were not able to partake in the typical Mountain View Los Altos high school classes with the, the schedule and the synchronous Zoom classes, et cetera. Um, in addition to that, I, I support students. I've been, I mean, um, staff with professional learning. Um, I'm working with just kind of the nuts and bolts behind uh, the, the infrastructure for distance learning um, and the ongoing conversations that we have as, as things are always changing and trying to keep up with all the changes and support the students and staff with all the changes that are taking place with our society. Do you think it's a problem how it's sort of an inconsistent use of the platforms? I don't think it's ideal. And I know that it's not going to be where our district um, sits for long term. It is transitional. And with the rollout that our district um, moved towards this first year with the timing that everything could take place and um, and that includes on the canvas end as well they weren't able to um, get out here to shortly before school started that um, it was decided that teachers could choose between google classroom and canvas as long as they had a couple bare essentials in canvas um, because parents can access canvas and they can't access uh, google classroom um, Moving forward, we just recently reinstated the EdTech committee at our district and part of what we're doing um, as a committee that has IT on it, it has administrators from the sites on it, as well as uh, three to four teachers per site. We're working on, with Canvas to establish some best practices and norms that we'll be supporting all teachers um, moving forward with into the upcoming uh, school year as well as the years to come. So ideally, yes, we want to be on one platform, but in a transition, um, this is this is what we were offering teachers is to be able to um, choose between the two. And I did hear from student feedback that it's challenging having two different platforms. Um, the especially the first uh, several weeks of school everything was so new and getting to know the teachers is new getting to know their classmates which some of them they haven't met before new classes new new type of school and distance learning and then in addition having um, some teachers in google classroom and some in canvas i also have heard recently from students that although not necessarily how they would have picked it they're getting used to it they're figuring out like okay, I know that these classes are in this platform and this is how it's set up and these classes are in Google Classroom and that's how that's set up. And so that learning curve has definitely um, mellowed out, maybe flatlined, probably not quite that. Uh, the concept of office hours. Um, I was just wondering, is that, um, is that sort of a natural progression, progression from our tutorial period or would you call that a separate thing? No, it, it is tutorial period. Um, the you know, kind of the key difference 
and we could always go back to calling it office hours or tutorial too, I guess. Um, you know, we did see over the last uh, few years when we had tutorial that it was widely used in a very helpful way for students, um, whether it be getting help on an assignment or doing a quiz retake, but it was very popular to where we wanted to continue to give this, um, especially in distance learning, where sometimes asking your questions during a Zoom class is more challenging um, than, or you know, you can't just stop by during brunch or lunch to ask the quick question, right? That you could when we're in traditional school. So definitely saw the need for that period. You know, the, dif the difference is when we're in traditional school, we were able to get all students into a classroom. So everybody was part um, participating in tutorial, whether they were just sitting there and kind of doing their own thing or actually getting uh, help. Um, in distance learning, it's optional. And so, you know, we might have ongoing students who use it regularly, and we may have some students who don't use it at all. And it's not, it's not um, mandated, right? We're not getting every student into a class to get office hour help. But essentially, it's the, it's the same concept behind tutorial and office hours. How the self-motivation aspect of this year has been impacting students. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So I, I definitely, we definitely, in the conversations that I've had with administrators as well as teachers, have seen a difference in student motivation between last spring and this school year. Um, I think a couple of reasons, to be honest. One is the credit, no credit from last, from last spring. Um, and I think that that was a great decision that our district made. We were in a pandemic. People were thrown into situations that were not ideal and we wanted to do no harm with people's credits and grades and um, you know, felt that that was the, the safest, most supportive situation. But I also feel that that um, triggered some students to maybe lose a little bit of motivation to push themselves to do their best. And just to clarify, their best is not necessarily an A, right? But it is just trying to continue to strive for strong work. And um, so we did see that difference in the spring. Moving into the fall, though, um, what I've seen and, and have had conversations, students are showing up to class. Um, they're, they're turning in quality work. Um, many students are using office hours, not everyone, but not everyone needs to at all times either. Um, you know, the grades um, and, and just the participation in class is showing that students are starting off the year really strong, that they're motivated, that they are wanting to be involved and participate, you know. So I, I would say that um, there's a lot to be proud of for our, our students and our teachers this year and just the strong work that they're doing. There's a lot going on um, outside of school that has caused a lot of challenges, but yet what we're seeing in the class from our students is that they're motivated, they're trying hard, um, especially for some of our students who, you know, nobody's home to make sure that they're going on to Zoom and getting, you know, and not being distracted by the phone. That's, you know, the teacher can't see it, you know, all those pieces that adds the distractors and that's, that does cause some challenges for sure. Um, but overall, I think students are, are really 
trying to give, give this year their best. And it's still challenging, right? Even with our effort, like the distractions are real. And there's a sense of what we lost control of going into distance learning. So, um, you know, like the phone has always been a distractor, but in a traditional classroom, it gets managed much better. And I'm not saying it's perfect, right? But it gets managed much better when you have a teacher physically walking around, working, keeping, right? Um, the same thing with the open screen, uh, closed screen, or, or the tabs, or just being able to turn your video off and multitask with something else during, during a whole class time. Like, there's so much that um, we lost control of that I think supports student focus and engagement that, that does make distance learning very challenging. And with all that said, I'm still, I'm still proud of students showing up. And again, it may not be perfect, but given what the situation is giving us, I, I really do feel that um, we're, we're putting in some good, some good effort and steps forward. Has there um, also been a discussion about like academic integrity with having all these like distractors around? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we've had that conversation over the spring and did some professional development work this year with taking a look at how we're doing assessments, um, moving away with a traditional um, uh, like multiple choice type question or something that could be easily Googled and making it a question that is more authentic where the student is having to explain themselves. They're having to explain what their personal hardship within the question, or maybe it's an it's a English question that uh, has to do with a passage on a narrative, but then somewhere within the question, you have to talk about how your personal life relates to one of the characters, right? And so we're bringing in higher thinking assess questions and assessments that isn't something that one could Google. However, and it's one that can't be easily um, copy pasted or, or shared with other people without being noticed. And it's still authentic, if not even more authentic, because then you're, you're bringing in higher thinking skills in order to be able to um, explain and answer these questions. You know, it's the, the challenge is doing all of this, you know, the, the saying, building the, the plane while it's flying, like, not, not ideal, right? You want the plane to be built and then you fly it. And in this situation, everything is so new and we're having to adjust and make changes while we're in the moment. And so I know that, you know, teachers are having these conversations. They've seen, they've seen dishonesty with academics, whether it be in a homework assignment and somebody just, you know, shares the document with somebody else and then they turn it in, or it's an assessment where, um, you know, somebody can, can cheat on it. Uh, teachers are, are working to find better assessments or ways of preventing this. And at the same time, you know, having conversations with their students about what integrity means. And if you can get away with it, it doesn't mean that it's okay to do that. And character is huge. And trying to come at it from both angles, which is, you know, one, trying to prevent it with different types of assessments and stuff. And then the second angle is just having those honest conversations with students and encouraging them to, to do the right thing. In addition to promoting academic integrity, we also discuss methods of making online assessments themselves less manipulable. The answer is let's not make tests 50% of the grade. 
You know, like what's the assignments that are, are not something that are easy to cheat on, um, but yet shows authentic learning. And how do we make that a large percent of the grade in tests? Why don't we just make them 10%? Like if it's that easy to get an answer, then maybe we need to rethink. And these are, and these are the conversations that teachers are having. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to know what's the, what's the best decision to make in, in some of these changes. And, and probably by the time we really figure all of this out, we'll be back in school teaching traditionally, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Before our conversation wrapped up, Fat and I discussed the change in school start times from 8.05 and what it means for students. 9.30 feels really healthy, you know, you get to have like a really good start to your morning before you slip into your day of classes. I think teachers say the same thing. A lot of us have meetings in the morning. Um, but still it, it definitely has um, a healthy feel to it. And we can, we can accomplish that even if it's an 845 or a nine o'clock start in traditional setting. That's all for this episode of Oracle's Forums. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was hosted by Abby Porter and Cindy Rochnick and edited by Max Sonana. Oracle's Forums are hosted by the Mountain View High School student-run newspaper, The Oracle. Check us out at mvhsoracle.com. Thanks for listening.